back on the podcast today with Stal from On Point. How's it going, bro? Good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Probably a bit colder than you. You're coming to us from the sunny state of Queensland at the moment, aren't you? Uh, I am, man. I'm just uh, sitting in the hotel room up in Palm Cove at the moment, just north of Cairns. So definitely a lot warmer here than it is back home, which is, is been good for the body. Yeah, I'll bet, man. It's been crazy cold down here the last couple of weeks. We've had a real winter snap. But that's all good. Yeah, not not missing it at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about Eden Hope first. We're going to talk talk VORC today, so let's talk about Eden Hope and um, what went down there. There were some good battles with the the boys up the front in the the cross country race. Um, Andy ended up taking it out over Matt, but they had a close battle, and then. Even behind those two, like it for the especially at the start of the race, like Will, um, Sam, Cooper, Tommy, they were like going toe to toe for that first sort of hour, hour and a half, which was pretty cool to watch. Yeah, man, it was. Um, yeah, man, it was uh, definitely probably one of the best cross countries, like I've personally seen in a very long time. It's just awesome to see, like, not just like two front guys sort of like taking off and then you know everyone just spreading out over the three hours it was like it was like a couple of little good battles on the track for a good period of time which um i reckon made the obviously the spectating part of it awesome to watch um you know like especially sort of in that last third of the race where um matt and andy sort of were like pretty similar with times with obviously matt having that minute count back from starting from the expert row but um yeah even like you said like sam will cooper and tommy like and then cooper having that issue on the first lap just made it really exciting to watch them boys go for it and um yeah it's like sort of what's the best part of the cross country racing in my opinion oh it is man that's awesome that's that's what love so much about the cross country race and is getting to see that bar to bar action because yeah like everything out like sprints and that are cool like don't get me wrong i love them but it's like you're just racing a stopwatch whereas the cross country is like you get you do get that sort of motocrossy feel where the the boys are going at it bar to bar so it's it's definitely awesome to watch and it was a, a great event like the club put on it uh, obviously I didn't get to ride it but just from a spectator's point of view like the track looked pretty awesome and by all reports like everyone loved the track it was it was cool to see yeah no I was um yeah the track I reckon the track was was awesome just like with the and that's what makes off-road racing so like special because like literally the track conditions change you know three or four times over the one lap of the cross-country race and yeah, just like keeps everyone on their toes and just, yeah, like the, the club did an awesome, awesome job at, at running the event and putting on like, you know, the roast roast beef rolls and Saturday night for dinner and having the shower block there and stuff like that. It's just, that's the kind of stuff that, in my opinion, that needs to happen more at the Vic Off Roads. That's going to elevate the sport and make it a bit more comfortable for the people that are camping at the track too. 
Yeah, for sure, man. Those little things just make the whole the whole weekend a better experience. I think um, having those those little things going on. Um, what what actually happened to Coop on the first lap? I didn't know that he had an issue on the first lap because he like he ended up getting third outright. It was it was Andy, Matt, then Coop in third overall. Um, so yeah, what happened to him at the start? Do you know? Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I think he had some sort of issue with his front wheel brake or something like that. Um, we were sort of camping or pitting not far from where he was and we saw him, yeah, sort of rush into his pit area and they like started working on his bike and then sort of dropped him obviously down the field a fair bit. And um, yeah, he put on like an awesome charge to get back to where he did. Um, but yeah, like obviously... He found himself in the mix with like Andy, Will, Tommy, and and himself like just battling for so like it was a good I reckon good part of like half an hour to forty five minutes where they were like even maybe an hour like where they were like toe to toe like changing positions and yeah it was like it was cool to watch but yeah he ended up obviously getting into that third outright position um, just ahead of Will Price. Yeah. Um, what is Matt? He obviously at that race started in E E two, but he they ended up putting him into pro class. Is that right? So this like at Caster, then he'll actually be like properly racing in pro class and starting in pro class, won't he? Yes, yeah, yeah. So the um, the committee decided after that race that they were going to um, put him into the pro class, which. Sort of goes back on that rule where, like, if a rider's, like, on a pro level, level, I guess, um, you know, they they can put the rider into that pro class. Um, yeah. It's like Andy coming from Europe. They, like, sort of just put him straight in that pro class because he's technically a professional rider. And so is Matt because he's technically on a factory ride. So um, they've put him in the pro class. So they are starting him from the pro class for Cassidy, which will be pretty exciting to watch, I think, because it'll be cool to see Andy and him start on the same minute and see what they can do over the three hours. Oh, 100%, man. It'll be awesome. It'll be, it'll be a good race, that's for sure. I'm looking forward to it. The club's putting in a big effort down there for this next one at Cassidy. They're going to have, like, a big screen and, and showing some footage on the Saturday night. Um what's i didn't actually go to that race last year is it is it pretty similar to the conditions they had at that eden hope track or is it a bit sandier i would say that the certain parks parts of the eden hope track was definitely very similar to cassidy um obviously the the more sandier sections and stuff like that not so much the the grass hills and stuff like that it's definitely a lot flatter um, it's definitely got like that black, loamy, sandy soil sort of conditions. And I think even some spots were actually quite, quite like beachy type sand as well. So, um, yeah, it'll definitely be like a good sort of, good sort of prep leading in a, a race like harder, things like that. Yeah, for sure. Has it, does it seem, does it have as many tree roots like that stuff i think that's what was catching a lot of people out at 
Eden Hope were the, the little sniper tree roots. Like it, it's it was obviously deep sand in the trees there and and got quite rough, but it also had like tree roots hanging out everywhere that were just seemed to be catching people out. Yeah, I think it I think it will definitely form up and expose a lot of tree roots because there's a lot of part of the track where it does go through like a pretty dense sort of tree section um, where like obviously riders still have to be on their toes and not get caught out like our mate Luke did at Eden Hope but um, yeah it's sort of yeah it's something that it's it's hard to set up for as well like obviously with the with those kind of tracks because when you set up for the sand then those kind of tracks that form up with big like whipped out holes and you try and make your bike stiffer then obviously when those tree roots get exposed it's definitely like makes it a bit harder to navigate those sort of obstacles but um you know that's sort of like where the riders need to be be on their toes and just make the line selections and stuff like that what what would you say for people like bike setup wise for down there like if it if it is going to be it's going to sort of form up more like a bit of a sand track what what are some things that people should be looking at with their bike set up there? I think a lot of people with those kind of sand tracks, they'll obviously go to like a Hatter style setup. And in my opinion, it's sort of not really going to work because obviously there's a lot of tighter sections there. Um, the tree roots, you get a lot more like shorter, sharper, chattery braking bumps and things like that. But in saying that, there is there is some fast sections there. There's some some big loops, um, so you know you, you still need to look at things like tr- possibly dropping the rear rear of the bike, like in your sag setting, and pulling the forks through a triple clamp to give the chassis a bit more of a, like a raked out feeling, a bit more stability. Um, and depending on the on the sand itself, like whether it's dry or like quite wet. I'm tipping it's going to be pretty wet up there by the time we get up there. Um, is you know like sort of either slowing down the rebound or, or making the fork and shock a little bit stiffer just to hold up with the the bigger holes and bigger whips and stuff like that. But as a bare minimum, like if someone's not confident in like playing around with the clickers or doing that stuff, is I'd definitely be pulling your forks through the triple clamp so the wheelbase is longer and potentially like dropping the rear of the bike a little just to give the bike a lot more stability yeah that race that i went up to at dubbo was i think we kind of spoke about it like i didn't actually end up dropping my forks through i just dropped the sag a little bit and and left the forks where i normally run them because it is it's got some fast sections but it's also got some tighter stuff where you do have to like turn the bike a bit more so that worked really well up there yeah. um dropping the rear down leaving the fork where it was but just going stiffer overall on the clickers yeah for sure man and that's that's something probably i would suggest everyone to give it a go between now and, and cassidy if they can get a ride on a on a bit of a sand track that's sort of similar to those kind of conditions that like sort of black loamy soil and a track that's got like obviously some tighter sections and some faster whipped out sections as well so it's a bit of trial and error but like as a guide you definitely like obviously like you said you want to you want to run like a bit more of a raked out setup than what you would on a track like you know Whitfield where you need the bike to like sort of be a lot more compliant and a lot more 
like sh like to steer a lot sharper. Um, but yeah, like yeah. obviously on a track like Hassan, you don't want, you don't want a sharp steering bike because you can end up getting some nasty head shake or end up tucking the front end everywhere, and it'll just make you two to three hour cross country is like pretty difficult. So somewhere to start, anyways. Yeah, for sure. I like I always find personally going in a fair bit on the compression on the fork helps me i think like especially as the track gets rougher like i find when the track gets really rough and those holes start getting deep and you're slamming into them that especially like coming in under brakes that getting the fork to hold up a lot more makes your life a lot easier 100 percent, it does um it's it's definitely like the direction like obviously with like our, our customers like when we give them like their setups and we say hey like when you go to the sand track we suggest like obviously from your hard pack setting to like go in slightly stiffer on the compression um possibly slowing down the rebound and obviously raking out that chassis like you said because a sand track usually forms up with bigger holes and you need that bike to hold up because if it doesn't hold up you'll just fall in everything and you'll end up obviously using shitloads of energy and making making life like super hard over those cross country and even even sprints yeah like i guess you're almost going to start especially over like obviously well you, i guess you can stop and tweak it in a cross country if you really want to but you're not really going to like you kind of you got to start the race in with the end of the race in mind and and understand that the, like the track's going to get fucking deep and rough so you probably want the setup to be a little bit stiffer than what almost what you think it needs to be for this like what the track's like at the start 100 percent, yeah and that's something like we've always when we set up bikes like we always set it up with the with the goal of like that last hour of the cross country that's where hopefully the rider if they're fit enough strong enough that they're going to make up their best time in that when the track gets rough and the bike's working to its potential is where it's going to work best and that's you know at the start of the race if it's beating you up a bit because those sort of longer bigger bumps haven't formed you you just got to i suppose be a little bit smart and change your riding style a bit and line selection and stuff like that but if you can make the bike handle better in the last hour um potentially that's where you can obviously do a lot more damage and pick off some riders that are struggling in that part of the race it's that that's i guess that's the other awesome thing about the the cross countries that i love about the cross countries like you soon get to see like who's been doing the work and who hasn't really like it, you can see people that's put that sprint in for the first hour and then they <laughs> just fall off the fall off the horse yeah, yeah it's definitely um yeah there's no there's no hiding in a cross country that <laughs> if you've been a bit a bit slack with your preparation or obviously your bike setup stuff like knowing what direction to head into but you know it's it's yeah it's a combination of both and i think like if you put in a little bit of effort like leading into these rounds knowing what the conditions are going to be like and knowing that you've you've done enough in your training and your nutrition and all that stuff and then you're confident that your bike setup is within a window that you can work with um they're, they're the things that definitely shine in the like last third of the cross countries in definitely in my opinion 
that's a big thing that I try and remind my clients of too. Like, is like that's a big part of the process is like actually having or having more knowledge around your bike setting. Like, so you want to get into the habit of when you're practicing and training, like coming away from that that session that you do on a weekend. Like, even if you're just out punching motos, like you want to be like testing and trying stuff out because that's the biggest difference between the guys that are at the front and I, I can honestly say that's probably the biggest difference between my clients that are at like pro level at that pointy end who are getting the results is because they've been so consistent not just consistent with their training and their physical preparation but consistent in assessing everything they do and that includes like every time they ride the bike they're trying something and so they've got more knowledge more data so when they get to a race nothing's going to throw them off like they're like okay this is the this is what the track's like this is what the condition's like bang i throw this setting in not like oh yeah. fuck i don't know what to do or i'll just run what i ran last week and yeah. that other track like the more yeah. the more knowledge you can have on all that stuff like you say that's just more confidence on race day hundred percent man and i think um like without trying to be too biased here but like matt pine was probably a perfect example of that at Aiden hope because no one really has seen what matt's done between um whitfield and Aiden hope like he just rocked up out of the blue at, at whitfield rode a dead stock bike and then we've put him on our cowie program but since the day that he's got that bike and the setup He's been riding the roughest, roughest, gnarliest tracks that he can possibly find. And we've just been going back and forwards over over the phone and like trying different things and setting up the bike for those conditions. And obviously Matt's like a super strong and fit dude. And that's why I think it sort of caught everyone a bit off guard at, at Edenhope and why he sort of did so well in the cross country because like he, he put in the effort to be able to go for three hours like absolutely full tilt on a bike that he's only been riding like you know two months but he's in those two months has worked out exactly what the bike needs to do and how to set it up so and um yeah like obviously andy's andy's the same and he's it's a credit to him like what he's doing and his program this year because that's obviously shown at all the national events so it was that's why i made it so cool to watch um him and andy sort of push each other a bit through the cross country absolutely man yeah i knew he'd be strong like i know what he's capable of on a bike and i know he stays fit so i definitely expected him to be up there up the front for sure for matt but it'll be sick this like i'm looking forward to next weekend like you say like they'll all be starting on a level playing field this time so which will be cool like i think it's it that comes into it a bit more too than just like racing each other on adjusted time. Like, um, actually getting to race each other bar to bar will be a, another, another level again. So yeah, um, I think it'll be, we're set for a good weekend next weekend. That's for sure. Yeah. And that's it. Like obviously Andy had, had his like few little issues in the cross country as well. Like, you know, you had to had a like sort of a little bit of an extra long pit stop and, um, had his little fall too which just a little ended bit. up putting both those guys sort of, yeah, on the same same sort of like time frame but 
you know, like obviously Andy's, you know, Andy's on like a national level at the moment. So it would be really, it is really going to be interesting to see him start off the same minute because then Matt's got something to chase and knows sort of where he's in with the three hours. And then Andy's got, knows that he's got someone on his ass now. So they're both hopefully going to push and, um, you know, like actually have like a pretty good race like because they're starting off the same same minute obviously and um yeah it'll be really exciting to see i reckon and it's only going to make them better because they're going to push each other along i think yeah like they've definitely both got a little bit in the tank like you say andy definitely didn't have the smoothest run in terms of his his pit stops and all of that um so but and like you say, they weren't they weren't racing each other bar to bar. They kind of just racing the clock. So I think like they're obviously both sending it, but it's a different level of sending it when you're just riding around on your own to it to it being with someone like right on your rear wheel or chasing someone. Obviously, so yeah, it's it's definitely going to be good, right? And even like you say, like I didn't know Coop had a had an issue on the first lap and lost time, like because he I don't I don't know how far he was behind him. At the end, of it, it wasn't like astronomical. It was like only two or three minutes, I think, behind Matt at the end. So, like even that, like if he has a, a clean run, like he could potentially be be battling at that pointy end as well. Yeah, well, I know for a fact, like Coops was pretty bloody strong there last year. Like he um, he was red hot on Josh Green's heels pretty much the whole three hours that they raced. So. Um, yeah, I, I believe that he'll definitely be if he gets a good start and doesn't have any issues early on. Like potentially, he could be definitely right behind him or in the mix, hundred percent. So, um, and then also too, like people like Tommy as well. Like he he can he can definitely um, throw a spanner in the works, and same with Sam and Will. Like they'll they'll all be up there as well. So yeah, it's definitely going to be some pretty cool racing, I reckon. It will be too. I've seen um, Liam Mason's been back on the bike, so I don't. I haven't spoken to him though. I'd be interested to see if he shows up because he actually won that race last year. I'm pretty sure. So um, he's obviously hasn't had the best start to the year, and he hasn't had much bike time. I don't think, but you never know. He could he could throw a cat amongst the pigeons as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously Liam Liam won it on. Um count back because he started from the expert row last year and he he actually rode unbelievable like he was definitely one of the dudes that you know that he's been putting in the effort because that last third of the cross country he was getting faster and stronger and yeah I was able to sort of like will uh real um coops and a greenie in and to a point where he knew that he was within his minute and he sort of just held him there and yeah got the win so yeah, it'd be it'd be good to see him back on um, back on the uh, VORC lineup. So it'd be good too for him, obviously, to get some some decent time in um, with leading in the Hatter because he's obviously, like you said, had a rough start of the year. So yeah, I'm excited to see that kid get some good results again. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so yeah, we kind of just touched on it briefly before but the club's got some pretty cool things in the works down there at Carsten for this next round with the big screen TV and they're going to have a dude there filming and throwing up some replays on the Saturday night 
around the bonfire by the sounds of it. So it's going to be another good event. Like they, they certainly put on good, great events, and the clubs put in the effort down there. So it, it's great to see. Like I think we've got another round down there later this year at Dartmoor. So there's three rounds down that way. But like I, personally, I'm more than happy to drive down there to to be a part of their events the way they run them. I think they do a, a standing job. Yeah, man, I totally agree. Like, they, um, <clears throat> the clubs, like, they ran an un- unreal event last year and it was, like, their first proper crack at it at the VLRC. So what they're doing this year is, yeah, it's it's awesome. And I think it's, like, they're raising the bar for the clubs. Um, you know, they, they want to they wanna run these events. And like you said, like, I'm, I'm more than happy to drive down there because it's good. They've got good tracks and good locations and... They run a good event and they're doing good stuff for the sport. So, and that's um, that's that's what I like to see because that's obviously why I got involved with the the committee and stuff. It was just to try and I felt like the sport got a bit flat in the last few years, and obviously with um, you know, like what we're trying to do with the social media and the content and you know Kane with his photos and all that like just trying to like elevate the sport and like show everyone like the level of the racing in the Vic Off-Roads is like is some of the best in the country so um you know with clubs like what Cassin's doing it's 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 showing that and I think um yeah if some of the clubs could definitely take take a note out of their out of their notebook which would definitely be um sort of healthy for the future of the sport yeah, 100%, man. I totally agree that, yeah, doing a great job, like you say. And that's all it takes, man. Like like you say, it does raise the level of, of everything for the clubs. And then that has a flow-on effect for the riders as well. Like, riders start to take it a little bit more seriously and be like, well, fuck, this is, like, actually a pretty a, a good series and everyone's putting in effort to make it better. Then, yeah, it, it flows on to everybody, which is awesome. We just like that, and that's what we need, right? Like that's what we we need to keep the sport growing and, and keep it heading in the right direction. This sport at the moment, it's probably the healthiest it's been in in years with the, with the number of entries we're getting, and yeah, like just obviously with COVID, COVID sort of not being a thing anymore. Um, we're like obviously haven't had one cancellation this year, which has been sort of been a bit different for us because of last few years has been a bit of a shit show but yeah like i think why not take this opportunity while the health the sport's so healthy and we're getting good numbers and like being like right like how can we make it that one percent better and you know it doesn't like it it probably takes like a little bit more organizing in terms of like the clubs have to do those little bits and pieces where they've got to organize a shower block or like someone to do the big screen thing or if they know anyone within the club that has those skills like why not utilize them and and do it like because i know for a fact that i want to go back to eden hope next year because they ran a good event there and i'll dare say i want to go back to cassidy after next weekend so um you know it just like you said it just gets a good chain of effects going and yeah it's just going to be healthy for the future of the sport yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So we've got pretty much a week now. I'll get it's Friday now, so I'll try and get this uploaded today. And got seven days till 
till next weekend till the race, which will be sick. So, um, anything yep. else you'd like to add? Any anyone you'd like to thank? Um, no, I'd just probably like to thank. Like I, I know for a fact, like how hard how hard the VORC committee work behind closed doors. Like um, you know, people like Drew. Drew Coy and Ned and Anth Dillon and get like Gary Putty and, and Richard doing all the time in and there's probably a few other dudes that I can't think of right now but the whole committee as a collective have just done an unreal job this year and like a lot of us have been thrown in the deep end um, so you know like sometimes when things don't go right like it's you just got to remember that yeah the committee uh, they are majority all volunteers so you got to be patient with them and yeah, like if obviously something that you guys aren't happy with, it's like we always value feedback and stuff that we can try and improve on for next year. So yeah, just a massive shout out to the, the committee crew and, and all the club volunteers and everyone that makes these things possible. Yeah, totally, man. I think that's it's definitely something to that's worth mentioning um, because it is easy to, to throw to throw sticks or have a have a whinge about the about the the track or the event or whatever it is but yeah the people that are running them like you say for the most part they're doing it um like for the love of it they're not it's not a business so when you've got to understand that when yeah when people are doing something as volunteers then you, you do you've got to have give them a little bit of a leeway and again i think just having a little bit of gratitude too for what actually they, like we've been saying, they are pretty freaking awesome events. So um, everyone can sort of help help each each other out and help everyone out, and they're only going to get better. For sure. And I think another thing is like what I'd probably like to mention is like you know it's cool to see people like um, Brad Harris and Paul Roach who obviously I've invested so much into the sport like running a team and us trying to run teams this year as well and like I think it's something for people like if they can sort of look into it and be like hey like there's there's an opportunity where we can run teams at these Vic Off-Road and like that's going to help elevate the sport as well like they don't have to be factory teams or you know it can just be a group of dudes that want to go racing it's like can get a team together and get some more sponsors on board and yeah just try and make it that little bit more professional in that aspect as well like i think there's a lot more opportunities for shops and brands and stuff like that to get involved and you know it's i think that's going to help build the sport as well yeah absolutely man for sure because well like the factory teams aren't doing jack really like obviously you've got your thing with cowie but like i mean like like on a a proper factory team level like it's not really a thing anymore at the moment apart from Yamaha obviously at ALRC but yeah there's like you say there's definitely an, an opening there and yeah like the Simford boys are doing a, a great job of it too um, and yeah like you say you don't have to be the world's best rider to, to make your own team and, and get support like so that's the thing like sponsors don't necessarily you, you don't have to be on the top of the podium to get support. You've just got to be providing them value. If you can provide them value and exposure for their products and, and be a good 
role model for them, then they'll they'll help you out. Like you don't have to be the the dude that's winning everything necessarily. Like it obviously helps, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then that's like with us, like people that we support for our shop. Not even just not like not even talking about the Cowie program, but even just like through on point, like you know, we value dudes that are. We don't care what, what, like whether you're first or you're dead last. Like, it's how you present yourself and how you like promote these sponsors. And I think if people took more of that into consideration and rather like just sort of asking for free stuff and not doing anything in return, we could see a lot more manufacturers, a lot more brands, a lot more of these companies like who will want to invest into the sport and the riders, which will then help with the numbers and the entries and getting more people at these events. So it's, um, there's a, there's a potential there. And I think as well, like with the Vic Offroad doing more of trying to promote the series through the, the social media and stuff like that, um, gives everyone an opportunity to get their bikes on show or like doing some interviews or whatever it is like there's there's going to be more opportunities to try and get sponsors on board in that sort of way which i think will be a big part of it all yeah definitely man well it's all heading in the right direction so like obviously after covid and everything it was a bit of a setback but it's um now that we're get, actually getting some consistent racing i think like as as rough as the last two years have been it's it's probably looking pretty good at the moment so fingers crossed it keeps rolling that way and keep doing what we're doing and events keep getting better that's it man it's, um, yeah it's looking promising and yeah it's, I'll still enjoy going at every round and even just being a being a spectator I'm, I'm a massive fan of the sport so I'm, I'm stoked with where it's going awesome dude well I better let you go we're a little bit over half an hour now so um, enjoy the rest of that sunny Queensland weather before you come back to the snow. <laughs> yeah. Will do, man. I'll um, I'll see you up at Cassidy. Sounds good, man. See ya.